Daniel chapter 6 is where I'm going to read from tonight. I want to talk about no match for the lion. No match for the lion. Everybody say Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. What verse? Number 1. Daniel chapter 6. 1 through 23. Thank you. Boy, that's awful small, isn't it? I should have made that a little bigger, but that's okay. There's some here that have younger eyes than mine. Daniel chapter 1, chapter 6, verse number 1. It says this. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps. How many know what a satrap is? I didn't think so. I didn't either. So I looked it up and it said it's a provincial governor. So it's a provincial governor, governor over a province. 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, may King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, which is kind of a regional governor, Satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any God or human being except to you, your majesty, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, 
Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Then the men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, Remember, your majesty, that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring, and with the ring of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. Where he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God sent an angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me, because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I done any wrong thing before you, your majesty." The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted God. There's a lot more to this story, but I'm not going to cover the rest of it. I encourage you to read the rest of it. And if you guys can find a way to make that font bigger, that would be great. It's really small. Back in the back, it's small, isn't it? Yeah, because it's small from up here. At the time of this story, Daniel was an 80-year-old man who had lived a life dedicated to the Lord. He had a reputation for being a man of God, the man who could interpret dreams for which he always gave credit to God for the knowledge and the understanding. And in just the previous chapter, you'll find where he came down and read and interpreted what the writing on the wall meant. It was a powerful, powerful story. But the king took notice, verse 3 tells us, of his exceptional qualities. The way he had lived his life and conducted business. Not only on the king's behalf, but in everything that he did. The other leaders were jealous of him and they realized in verse number 4 that they could find no corruption in here in him. Verse 4 says they could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy, he was neither corrupt nor he was negligent. What the definitions of those words I think are powerful. He was trustworthy. Trustworthy means that he was honest and he was able to be relied upon. He was not corrupt, which means he was unwilling to act dishonestly in return for money or personal gain. He was not corrupt. He couldn't be bought. 
He wouldn't do wrong. And the third thing is that he was not negligent. Which means that he did not fail to take proper care in anything for which he was responsible. He was attentive to those things under his supervision and under his care. He he made sure that everything that was supposed to be done got done. He was attentive to that. He was not negligent in his responsibilities. And these men tricked the king to get an, with a, to have the king uh, write an edict to get rid of Daniel. In verse 10 it said, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem, which is symbolic of where the temple stood. Toward Jerusalem. I'm going to look that way because that temple represented the very presence of the Lord. And so I'm going to pray to the direction I know where the presence of the Lord was and has been. If he were scared, I guess he could have closed his windows. But I think he was scared. The Bible doesn't say that. He was human. He wasn't superhuman. He had to be afraid in some degree. But his fear did not change the way that he conducted himself or the change the way that he was toward God. And it says three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God. So he went home. You've got this 30-day thing going on. And he goes home every day, three times a day. He... 80-year-old man gets down on his knees. Now, folks, some people I know physically can't get down on their knees, but some people don't even try. I want to challenge you. If you've never gotten down on your knees to pray, get down on your knees to pray. If you're physically able to do that, and touch God. There's just something about it because when you're down on your knees to pray, that means that you're, you're, you're looking at the floor or something else and it's less of a distraction when you're looking there than it is when you're just out here. But he got down on his knees and he gave thanks just as he had done before. He did the same thing that he had done before. And then verse 11 says, These men went as a group and they, and they found Daniel. What's the old saying? Birds of a feather flock together? Yeah. They were all pretty rotten guys and they were all hanging together. And they're going to see, well, let's just check out and see if Daniel, what's Daniel doing? And they found Daniel praying. And listen here, he was asking God for help. These guys are probably thinking, your God's not going to help you because you're going to be, you're just going to be nothing but bones by the time we get through with you and those lions get through with you. He was asking God for help, but there's a couple of verses that I want to bring to your remembrance tonight. Psalm 34, 17 says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from some of their troubles. No, He delivers them from all their troubles. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. Everybody else knew that Daniel was living right. Daniel knew that he was living right. When you know that you're living right, when you know you are righteous before God, this verse applies to you. You can cry out, and the Lord will deliver you from all your troubles. Proverbs 15, 29, The Lord is not far from the wicked, Excuse me, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer 
of the righteous. The wicked leaders reported back to the king in verse number 13. And they said he still prays three times a day. They knew he prayed three times a day before they ever went to the king. They said, like, King, he's still praying three times a day. What you did isn't stopping him. And down to verse number 22, this is what Daniel told the king when he asked if he'd survived the night. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. Lift him out of the den because the den then was a was like a, 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 the opening was at the top, not the side. It was at the top. And so when they, when they put him down in there, they put this rock over the top and they sealed it shut and then they moved the rock and then they had to lift him out of there, out of the lions. Can you imagine? I imagine when that... They probably kept the lid on it pretty often, I guess. I don't know, but I'm just guessing that whenever they, uh, Daniel started his way down there, the lions were thinking, well, we've got dinner tonight. But they didn't have dinner that night. The wicked men thought that Daniel would be no match for the lions. And they were right. He was no match for the lions. He was no match for the lions, but because he trusted God, Psalm 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. That means those who live in awe and utmost respect and put God first in their lives, those are the ones that he delivers. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You see, the devil imitates the lion and tries to bring fear into the Christian's life. He wants to devour you, but when he does, remember Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Say that with me tonight. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him and He delivers them. That them is us. He delivers us. Let's read that again and let's put us in there where it says those and them. The angel of the Lord encamps around us who fear Him and He delivers us. Amen. You see, just like Daniel by himself was no match for the lions, you by yourself are no match for the lion that the devil imitates. But there is one who has the power and who defeats the lion imitator, and his name is Jesus. In the book of Revelation, and I'm almost ready to close this message out so we can get to prayer. But in the book of Revelation, John was shown things that would happen in Revelation chapter 
5, where no one, when no one could be found who was worthy or able to open the scrolls that were sealed, John writes this in Revelation 4 and 5. He said, I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. And verse 5 says, Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. While we may not be a match for some of the, the power of the enemy, because of Jesus Christ, the lion of the tribe of Judah, He is no match for the lion. No match for the lion is the devil. Revelation 5.9 says this, And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain and you, with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. That is us. We were purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. The devil is no match for the lion of the tribe of Judah. The lion of the tribe of Judah has the authority and the ability. Jesus is his name to take on the imitation lion, the devil, because he's no match for the lion. And you can tell him, devil, you may pretend to be a lion, but you are no match for the lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus Christ. 1 John 4, 4, and I want to close with this verse. It says, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The, de the devil is defeated because Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah, is within us. And when he is within us, then he that's out there is already defeated and he is no match for the lion. Any problems that you have, any situation you face is no match for the lion of the tribe of Judah. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. And I ask God that you would just have your way in our hearts and lives. As Lord, you move and touch through us. Holy Spirit, do your work in such a powerful way. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.